Find somebody that's not wearing green and pinch them. Give them some brotherly love. You guys doing all right this morning? Whoa. You guys awake? Come on. Man. Jesus is alive. I mean, we can celebrate that without it being Easter, right? I mean, come on. Here we go. Um, yeah, it's Sunday, the Sabbath. It's, it's meant to be a, a time to remember Christ and to celebrate his resurrection. You know, we sing these songs, you know, um, we, we're, we're lifting up Jesus. Jesus is, the, is our king, you know. We're, we're looking for the day that he's going to return. We watch and we pray. You know, we're diligent. Well, what if today is that day? <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be ready. Yeah, I mean, what if we, we we will be ready the dawn of that day? When is that day? We don't we don't know. That means that we need to be ready this day. You know, and, that, and that's the reality. And and this is something that you know, as you read through God's word, this is something that is meant to be an encouragement and a comfort. You know, if you read in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, towards the end of the chapter, it says that, that on that day, that, that the heavens are going to split open in, the, in the, this great sound of a trumpet, and, and Jesus is going to descend, and those that are dead in Christ are going to rise, and then those that are alive in Christ then are going to be lifted up, and we're going to be with him. And it says, comfort one another with these words. Encourage one another with these words. And let me tell you, if that is not a comfort or an encouragement, if that is scary, well, what if today is the day? Uh, is today the day? Do you, do you know? Hey, can, can you tell me? Do I have time? Because it's St. Patty's Day. Come on now. It's St. Patty's Day, and I'm not sure if I'm ready for Jesus to return. I've got some other things on my mind, maybe. And then this is, this is, these are the, why we sing, this is, this is not just about making us feel good, but it's about this, this truth, this doctrine, this core beliefs that we live today for Christ. That's a freebie, that's not even what we're talking about today, but um, we're going to be in Colossians chapter 4, uh, and just kind of jumping in, continuing this series, what do you expect? And what I want to do is, is just read through this just handful of verses um, starting in verse 2 through verse 6 as we get into this. And Paul has kind of, he's been unfolding for us in Colossians this, this mystery of Christ. The story of, of God putting on flesh and becoming like us so that we could become like him. He's encouraging us to, to hold on to this mystery. And now this, this last chapter is kind of his closing thoughts in the letter. Pastor Mark's going to finish it up next week, but, but this week we're, we're looking at, at prayer and integrity and faith. It says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God may give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Let's pray. I just want to pray because I want to reiterate that, that verse, that verse 4, which is what Paul is talking about. You know, like, pray that the message will come out clearly. Pray, I believe that, that it's no accident that you are here today. I believe that God wants to speak something to each and every one of us. Regardless of what you expect, I expect God to show up and, and proclaim Jesus. 
And if you will grab onto that, if if we'll have open ears, then he's going to speak to me, he's going to speak to you, and we're going to walk out loving him more. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your words of life. We thank you that you are truly God with us. Thank you that you give us instruction and that it's about the person of Christ. It's not just about a ritual or some form of godliness, but but you want to walk with us day by day, moment by moment. I pray that today would just be a new day for us, that you would breathe new life. No matter how new our walk with you is or or how long we've been following you, that, that we would always experience freshness newness, and the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So he starts off, um, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Devote yourself. We, all, we always talk about you know, the power of prayer. I've seen the bumper sticker, you know, prayer changes things. You ever seen that one? Yeah. And I've seen other people respond to that. Prayer changes you, you know. Um, but there's a power in, in prayer. An interesting study came out years ago. It was just a study on prayer, just people um, of faith that spent time in prayer. It wasn't just a Christian survey. But what they were looking for was connections between prayer and marriage. And this interesting fact came up that just people that pray in general, just spending time voicing their lives, their concerns, their needs, their hopes, their dreams to their higher power, that the divorce rate for people that prayed was 1 in 1,200. That's pretty significant. Less than 0.1%. It's a lot better than just rolling the dice. There's a, there's a certain power in, in, in prayer, but, but we know as followers of Christ that, well, you got to be praying to the right person if you want an answer. So the power in prayer is that we voice authentically and honestly the things that are going on inside of us, the things that we wrestle with in life. That's a power, a power in prayer. But getting the response, the, the divine intervention, the, the, the spiritual interaction, that's really the real power of prayer. It's the communion and fellowship with God. Devote yourself to prayer. But we also know like, okay, well, that, that may be a good discipline. Devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself to reading God's word. Devote yourself to interacting with community. Around here, we talk about it in terms of the purposes, the, the five purposes, being, being a worshiper. First and foremost, going to God as a worshiper and following after him. And, and as we live that out, then these other things are necessary for our health and start flowing out. We connect with biblical community. We serve one another in love. We, we spend time discipling, following Jesus' command to make disciples and to be a disciple. So being discipled and, and, and knowing that we're always just maybe only one step ahead of someone else that we can say, come and, and follow me as I follow Christ. Spending time sharing our faith authentically with outreach. All of these things that we live out, these purposes. But those things are, are, are not just, they're not meant to be rituals. They're meant to point you to a person. And so as we read this, devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and with a thankful heart, what we're really saying is devote yourself to conversation with Jesus. Devote yourself to a person. You'll find, you see this in the world all around you, right? You devote yourself to your significant other. If you spend time trying to love your husband, 
trying to love your wife, trying to love your son or your daughter or your mom or your dad, as you spend time trying to love, as you intentionally devote yourself, you cultivate relationship. You cultivate love, and love grows. Devote yourself to prayer. Sometimes we find, you know, our prayer life is, is a little bit less than optimal. You know, maybe spend time. I used to spend a lot of time um, praying, like, at night before I go to bed. And I lay down, all right, it's time to pray. Oh, God, thank you for the blessings. Please be with that person that cursed me out today. Help me to be more loving. And then, you know, you're, you're kind of praying, and all of a sudden, is that, is that with an alert mind? Have <laughs> I really, wait a second, Dan, have you really devoted yourself to prayer? You know, an alert mind, giving God our first fruits. What do you devote yourself to? What do you devote yourself to? Open up your smartphone, look at your Bank of America app, and you'll see what you devote yourself to. You see where you spend some of your resources. You see what you invest in. Ask your husband, ask your wife, hey, what do I devote myself to? They'll gladly tell you and show you how to do it better. What do I devote myself to? Renee and I had this, this interaction early on in our marriage, you know, about the second year of marriage. She, she just looked me in the eye and she said, so do you even love me anymore? I was like, oh my goodness, I have failed. <laughs> what, do, what do you mean, do I love you? Look at all of the things that I do. I mowed the grass, I planted you flowers, I even washed the dishes without you asking me to. Of course I love you. But what I, what I failed to understand was that in my devotion to her, it was all about me. The way that I show love. But devotion is, is about finding the ways that, that your lover receives love and purely giving it to them. So God looks at us and he goes, I know that because you are a man and because you are a woman, I know that because you are flesh, that in order for you to be able to understand just how much I love you, I had to crawl inside of a human body. I had to go through the, the birth canal to show you just how much I love you. I had to be encapsulated in flesh and limited to time and space to show you that I am God with you. I had to suffer every single temptation that you've ever been through. I had to experience those things, not so I could know you, but so that you could know that I love you. And this is the great story of God, that he became like us so that we could become like him. He devoted himself 100%. I'm all in. I love you. And now the answer, the ball's in our court. How do we act? How do we respond? How will we devote ourselves not to prayer, devote ourselves not to Bible reading, not to knowledge, or not to singing beautifully, but as a body of Christ to be the living reflection of our Lord and Savior? Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. My short time following Christ over the last 16 years, I have seen uh, that my eyes have kind of like honed in and focused on this thing of thanksgiving. 
to me, it's just one of the most beautiful times. It's one of the most beautiful expressions. I love when I see thankfulness. And I really despise when I see ungratefulness. It's a real challenge for me. But I love seeing thankfulness. I love it when people just express the joy of life, of that was another gift from God, that breath, that truth. I love it when people look around them and they, and they are thankful that they are loved. I see the things that are going on in people's lives and I see how thankfulness brings strength and it brings hope and it brings peace. And there's this very real thing that as Jesus taught his disciples to pray, and this is how I want you to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. These, these simple acts, this heart of thankfulness, that my eyes are focused on worshiping God, and my heart receives and understands his blessings and acknowledges that. And then through that, I begin this daily dependency, this walk with God. It's an amazing thing. That's what Paul's encouraging us here to do. And really praying is, is an exercise in reality, God's reality. God is with us. Talk to him. Right? I mean, he's, he, when you got up in the morning, you know, and, and got ready for, for church and, and looked in the mirror, God was with you. Maybe you didn't like what you saw, but he looked at you and said, oh, you're my beloved. Maybe you're having a bad hair day and God says, that's all right. I made every single one of those hairs and that's what I wanted them to do today. <laughs> Heart of thankfulness. Looking in the truth that God is with us. As we move down that road, you know, and, and start praying and giving our, our, our hearts to God, you know, sometimes our prayers are a lot more like complaining, right? God, if you will just smite my enemy, you know? I mean, David says some really graphic stuff in the Psalms, and you read through it. Just, God, just let their teeth fall out of their mouth. Gross, Dave. You are a twisted individual. I've never prayed like that. That's a little scary to me. Just kind of picture that in your mind. You know, that person that is persecuting you and the teeth just falling out of their mouth. That's, that's disgusting. Dave spends time just being honest with God. And so complaining is a perfectly valid form of prayer. It's just not the only form of prayer, okay? Get it out of your system. Be honest with God. This is where my heart is. It's kind of ugly. It's kind of dark. I kind of want some revenge. I want some vengeance. I want my version of justice, God. Okay, now, now, God, bring your salvation. Now, God, fill me with mercy because you are a merciful God. God, your mercy endures forever. Your love endures forever. Now, stir up this heart of thanksgiving. Get rid of this angst, this frustration. Spending time devoted. Prayer is something that as we pray, what we pray for reveals what we love. Take an inventory of your prayer life. What do I pray for? I pray for safety. Pray for security. Pray for healing, all wonderful things. Do I pray for, for blessing? Wonderful. But if all of my prayer is focused about me 
in my life and what I consider good, then, they re- then I should realize very quickly that my, my prayers reveal what I love and, and who I love is me. And as we look at our Savior and we see what his prayer life is, he acknowledges, God, I don't want to go to that cross, but your will be done. He stays up all night praying fervently about who he's going to handpick to come and follow him. In your workplace, who needs you to shine a bright light into their life and say, come and follow me? Come, come have faith conversations with me. You seem like you're hungry. You seem like you have an appetite. Come and follow me. Come and spend time. Pray for those people. Prayer reveals what we love. I had some time today, uh, a time this week, I was spending in, in preparation for the message, and I was like, all right, I need, to, I need to pray, and I need to read, and I need to study. And it was Thursday afternoon, and I got a phone call, and it was, it was about some business things. And the guy was like, I'm right around the corner, and I need to come over and check this out. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, God, please let this go really quick. I don't have time for this right now. I really need to focus my mind spiritually. And as I was walking across the parking lot, I caught my eye with this guy and I saw that there was just something kind of going on. You know, he's just there and he's just like, he's kind of just, he's moving and he's pacing and, and like, what is going on with this guy? And we caught eyes and we locked and we, and we took care of the business and we talked through it. And, and, and then he just stopped at the end and he says, can I ask you something? Now, if I am in spending time with God in prayer, if I am, am having this, this consistent communication with God, if I, if I get the full context of prayer, you know, read some, some 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, you know, pray without ceasing, never stop your interaction, your conversation with God, then at that moment I know, okay, I thought I had this appointment, but guess what? This is a God appointment. And it was such a wonderful experience just to be able to look that man in the eye and say, as a human being, as a creation of God, and say, I am not too busy for you. I am here, and God has brought us together, and this is no accident. And let's talk about these things. Let's wrestle through our faith. Let's see what God's word has. Let's pray together. I've never met the guy before. It was just in that moment that if we follow Christ and if we are praying without ceasing and if we're walking with him, then as Pastor Mark often says, every bush is burning. God is active and working in the world, even with that boss who is out to get you fired. God is active in the world, molding and shaping, even with that child that drives you insane. But as you spend time in prayer, With an alert mind, God is with me. I am not alone in this. I am moving forward with a heart of thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for this child. Thank you for this spouse. Thank you for this job. That we begin to see all kinds of opportunities all around us to engage and to interact with God. And a follower of Christ invites God to interrupt their temporal plans with his eternal ones. If we want to be followers of Christ, if we want to live by the Spirit, then every single door that you open is a door that God was there first. And he's working. And he wants to work in us and through us.
Verse 3, Paul continues, he says, Pray for us, too, that, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Paul knows exactly what is going on. He has this very clear purpose, this very clear mission. You know, and as we go in prayer, as we devote ourselves to prayer, you know, what do you expect from your prayer life? When you, when you pray to God, is it token when you pray to God, is it something like, I know I should do this, but I'm not really sure God is actually going to answer me. And God always answers. Part of prayer is listening to how God is answering. One of the verses that a lot of uh, followers of Christ you know, love is, is these verses like about healing our land, 2 Corinthians 7.14. I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles 7.14. It says this, God speaking, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. I love that. I want wholeness. I want that power. I want healing. And there's a certain formula in there, that repentance. God, not my will be done, but yours. But as we wrestle through prayer and how God answers, we also have to understand that God has hurt his purposes in play, that God has his design and his will that he wants to unfold. And we don't like verses like 2 Chronicles 7.13, where God says this, At times, I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls. Or I might command grasshoppers to devour your crops. Or I might send plagues among you. Then, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Or maybe like Job. God allowed. In the heavenly scene in Job chapter 1, God allowed Satan to beat the crap out of Job for God's glory. Now, my faith already has the answer to that. I've, I've already answered that question. I don't know where you're at in that question. Because sometimes when the plague comes and when the famine strikes and when the fire gets really hot, sometimes when it's very dry and you don't feel like life is going well and you don't stand there and say, praise God, I'm blessed. Sometimes in those moments, my hands don't raise in worship. My hands raise with clenched fist and say, God, what are you doing? But I've learned to answer that with God is good and God is faithful. And I was never promised a free ride, but I was promised that he is with me to overcome the garbage this life deals out. But my faith doesn't get you anywhere. So we have to devote ourselves individually to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart because a follower of Christ invites God to interrupt their temporal plans with his eternal ones. Back to Colossians, Paul just expresses this heart, pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should, that, that he would live in this space as a man in chains, as a man in trial, and as a man in suffering, that in that place of temptation to raise his heart against God, 
that he would remain humble and unfold the glory of the mysteries of Christ. He finishes it up with this. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. These are the outcomes of a life of prayer. These are the things that flow out of the intimacy with God. But if we don't have it, as we go to prayer, as we, as we confess to God, and as we spend time talking with him, what do we expect? And James gives us a little bit of an insight into some of this in James chapter 1. There's some really hard verses, but in verse 5 he says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. What do you expect when you go to God? What do you expect when you, when you confess to God? Do you expect forgiveness? Do you receive his love? Do you expect his deliverance? Do you expect your will to be done or for his will to unfold in your life? As we look at, at our culture, you know, our culture is one that's very busy. Look at other cultures around the world. A lot of them create space for emotional health, for contemplation, for silence. How much silence do you have in your life? How many times do you hit the pause button just to listen to God whisper to you his design and his love and his direction for you? Sometimes we find that we're too busy. And as we desire to kind of live in this space and, and live wisely, you know, looking at our culture and being too busy, one of the greatest, you know, kind of slanders of Christianity is that we're hypocrites. Hypocrisy is just that simple truth that we're trying to, to do good, but we still do bad. It's Romans chapter 7 all over again. It's that struggle inside of us and, and anywhere that, that the flesh is trying to live that out and the Spirit is not ruling us, we will be a hypocrite. Every single person in this room has an area of hypocrisy where we do not love purely. But as we let God live through us, then we find that he does come in. And we live out, we come full circle to this Second Chronicles 7.14 that God does come in and he does heal us and he does make us whole. And we are able to live wisely and we're able to make the most of every conversation and we're able to be gracious and we're able to have attractive speech so that as we walk in here on a Sunday and lift our voices to our God and lift our ears to his word that we don't walk out of here and curse someone else. I wrestle with those things. And Paul says, here's the answer. Devote yourself to Christ. Devote yourself to conversation with God. Devote yourself to the practice of the presence of God. The very real interaction with him, with his glory. Prayer purifies our expressions. Prayer purifies our expressions and aligns them with God's. 
And I don't believe that there's anybody in this room that would say, I'm content with my life. But I believe that you came here because you desire to be better. And that when the trial comes and when the fire gets hot, that you don't become bitter. But you desire to overcome these things. We're going to close this out and, and, and just lift our voices to God and surrender ourselves to Him. I ask that as we, as we do this final prayer that just ask in your mind, God, where would you like to infiltrate my mind and my heart? Where would you like to have free reign into every area of who I am? Where would you like to define my sexuality or my emotional state? Where would you like to de define my version of success? Where would you like to come in and give me security and freedom in dependency on you and not codependency upon someone else? Where would you like to set me free today, God? Remember when we were studying Galatians in chapter 5, it said this, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Father, we ask that you would help us to be free people today. Lord, that we would be devoted to you, to the person of Christ. We ask, Lord, that you would have free reign in our minds and in our hearts, that you would have your way. Lord, we don't want to be unwise. We don't want to be like that person that James said is just kind of tossed about on every wave of doctrine completely unstable, not knowing where we're going. Lord, we want to come to you with expectation that you will lead us, that you will guide us, that you as our master and our lover will speak words of life and truth to us. Lord, I pray that you would give us hope. I pray that for the, for the person in this room who feels far from you or feels like you are a God who does not answer, Lord, that you would open their understanding. For that person that is struggling in the area of, of just living in the trial and not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Lord, I pray that you would breathe life into them today. Jesus, be our king. Be our lover. Be our comforter. And hear our praise now as we sing. In Jesus' name, amen.